Beyond Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening? Welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Thursday, October 4th. And today, the Pistons with a huge preseason win in the opener on Wednesday night. Just getting there. The 1-0 and on the preseason. This is your boy, Matt Shook, a sports writer here in the Motor City covering the NBA for the Associated Press and the Detroit News, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. We made it. We got through the offseason, and it is now basketball time. Today we're going to be talking about the Pistons getting the win in Game 1 of the preseason. I will give a few thoughts, including... My thoughts on Andre Drummond, some good signs, and even the bad signs are good signs. I'll explain about that. We're also going to hear from Andre Drummond from Media Day and some sound that we had from last week. Also, the NBA GM survey came out. I have some thoughts about the results, and I'm going to talk about what I didn't like from Dwayne Casey in the preseason opener, what I hope to see more of in Game 2 against San Antonio on Friday night. But give us a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that, and also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account, and check us out on Facebook, Locked on Pistons, dash Matt Shook as well. But Wednesday night in Oklahoma City, the Pistons win. The Pistons win 97-91 to against the Thunder, who were without Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Ish, not hesitating to hoist the three-pointers, looking as bad as ever, missing the first five ugly attempts from three, but then can the game clincher in the closing seconds of the game to put them up by the final score of 97-91. to Blake Griffin and Reggie Jackson did not play for the Pistons. Unfortunately, we might be saying those words more than we'd like this season in Detroit. But Keith Langlois of Pistons.com wrote about the threes and the shots in the paint, noting that in the first half, 39 of the 41 shots the Pistons put up were either three-pointers or shots in the paint. Now, as, as Dave Hoke of Associated Press points out, and I don't want, it, don't want to be too much revisionist history here and uh, talk up Dwayne Casey and talk down maybe the Stan Van Gundy year a little bit, but last season, as Dave points out, 82% of the Pistons' team shots were of that variety throughout the season. And according to him, I'm not going to look this up, but according to Dave, in a win against Toronto last season, 85 of the 88 shots that the Pistons took were either in the paint or three-pointers. So it's not like this is entirely new for the Pistons, although Dwayne Casey has been talking about that emphasis, um, about eliminating the mid-range shot being the least effective shot out there, and we know that. As Pistons fans, we know we went through an era of Rip Hamilton sometimes being the number one option offensively, despite that being a low-percentage shot from mid-range. He hit it a lot better than most, but the Pistons kind of did that because they really didn't have too many good options back then, especially offensively, especially the variety of offensive players that could you could run an offense through. But um, like I said, Casey's been talking about that emphasis, but I don't think that was something the Pistons were doing a lot of last year, throwing up a lot of mid-range shots, especially after Avery Bradley got hurt and then subsequently traded after that. There wasn't a lot of guys putting up mid-range shots. But anyway, um, some other random thoughts. Henry Ellenson still looked like he's He's really not ready for the league, which is disappointing going into year three right now. Jose Calderon was pretty much bad in all facets. I'm not crazy about him as the emergency option at point guard if Reggie Jackson goes down, especially defensively. Um, And on that note, Bruce Brown looked okay in the second quarter when he played some point guard there. Maybe he overtakes 
Calderon's minutes sooner rather than later, and whatever problems he has as an inexperienced player playing point guard in the league, especially if that happens during his rookie season, could be nullified by the fact that he's obviously an above-average defensive player and could wreak some havoc for opposing teams' point guards or whoever in the backcourt that he would match up defensively with. Zaza Pachulia, he exceeded my expectations in the first half and then was really, really bad in the second half. Maybe he ran out of gas with the extended minutes. I thought Luke Kennard looked okay. Glenn Robinson III looked pretty good uh, for the most part in his first time in a Pistons uniform. But the big story was Andre Drummond. He played 33 minutes, which is more than we'd want to see, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But he scored 31 points at 16 rebounds, despite going 3-for-10 from the free throw line, shades of before last season there, 0-for-3 from three-pointers, and did miss a mid-range jumper early as well. Um, I thought Dre was just fantastic in the second half, despite the poor shooting throughout the game. And that was probably because I tweeted at halftime about how he looked bad defensively. But as uh, one of the listeners and uh, podcaster and Reddit specialist Joe Truck pointed out, part of that was because he was picking up the slack defensively for Calderon, who kept getting burned by Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Dre tried to pick him up and looked like it looked like Dre's shot blocking timing was off, and then he was a little bit out of position trying to pick up the slack. And Stephen Adams cleaned up some garbage, uh, some offensive rebounds, and also some some dishes from Schroeder as well, who looked very good by the way in his Thunder debut after being traded over from Atlanta. And then some that ended up resulting in some easy buckets for Adams from New Zealand as well. Seventeen points and twelve rebounds in twenty six minutes from Adams, who outplayed Dr- Drummond in the first half. Although Drummond came out like we said, came out real strong in the second half. The shooting, though, for Drummond, the disappointing numbers, how ugly it looked, maybe that's what Pistons fans really should be cheering for. Uh, one of the guys on Twitter, after I pointed out that the shots were looking really ugly, said that Dre's shots looked okay, they just weren't going in. I disagree completely. I thought he looked completely out of rhythm. I thought they looked um, – he just looks awkward shooting the ball, and not just because he doesn't elevate like a lot of other jump shooters, but just um, timing, the rhythm was off. Um, and then the three-pointer where he did have a lot of time, the one that he missed in the second half, he had all sorts of time, maybe too much time. He was too wide open and uh, looked like he thought about it a little bit too long before he put it up. Missed that one not too badly, as, as like unlike the other uh, three jump shots, the two threes and the other mid-range shot that he put up. Though he missed those all really badly. But then the last one was just a just a, a slight miss. So I guess that's a an improvement for Andre Drummond as it goes on. But like I said, and like I've kind of been saying, go ahead, Dre, put them all up. Put the jumpers up, and maybe if they continue not falling in the preseason and really in the early season as well, it might prove to yourself that it's really not time yet. you got to stay in the lab, stay working on that, and maybe that's a weapon that comes later on in your career, if it, if it comes at all. We will see together. But don't force it if it's not working. But it's preseason, so go ahead and put them up as far as uh, as much as you want, as far as I'm concerned. But then going going back, and again, another encouraging sign for fans is he goes back to scoring in the lane, grabbing rebounds, and uh, providing energy like he did throughout most of last season. All the stuff that you do that he did really well. So might be the best thing Pistons fans could see. One, him missing those jumpers, getting maybe the idea out of his head, and then dominating doing all the things that we're accustomed to seeing him do. So that really might be the best case scenario in all facets when when we look at that. But like we've been saying lately, the Locked On NFL podcast is becoming everyone's favorite daily national NFL podcast. Mondays, got the local experts on the biggest stories of the week from the weekend's action in pro football, mostly on Sunday. 
Tuesdays, we got former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels, who joins host Matt Williamson Wednesday. You got Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus, one of the best websites out there. If you're, I, I write about the Lions uh, once or twice or three times a week for the Detroit News out at Allen Park and doing some other stuff, working with them and Pro Football Focus, an invaluable website for those purposes. Thursday on the show, the Lockdown NFL show, it's the great Mike Sando of ESPN. And then Friday, a gambling show with Matt Williamson there. But up next, we're going to hear from Andre Drummond as he spoke at Media Day last week. I was there. I got some sound on I got some more thoughts about Andre Drummond as well. But you've heard me talk about advertising, and guess what? I'm going to be actively looking for more advertisers now that I'm back in Detroit. If your company wants to reach that key demo of men between the ages of 18 to 44, provincial Pistons fans that probably have ties to Metro Detroit and an interest in spending their dollars locally, you should be sponsoring this podcast. 98% men and 80% of those between the ages of 18 to 44, all sorts of daily dedicated listeners. If you're interested in reaching that group, email me at matt underscore shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, at yahoo.com to find out more. A little bit later on, I'm going to talk to you about what I did not like from Dwayne Casey in his first game as coach of the Detroit Pistons. And we're also going to talk about the NBA GM survey that came out on Wednesday. The Pistons pretty much being exempt from all these kind of things when you're talking about the national publications, season previews, and the NBA GM survey. Now part of that's the the fact that there's not a whole lot to be excited about from the outside. But we all know a little bit about the Detroit disrespect, and I know a lot of you guys like to beat that drum Uh, Along with me a little bit too, but first we're going to hear from Andre Drummond, the best player on the Detroit Pistons. I was at Media Day last week and have some sound from him, and all the rage is talking about the Andre Drummond jumpers coming into this season. So here's Andre talking about that. You're one of the best rebounders in in the NBA and uh, of all time. And the word is that this year you're going to be attempting threes. How do you balance? Attempting three-point shots, which will take away, you would assume, from your ability to rebound. Yeah, I'm sure you guys ask Coach that question, too. Um, it's something I've worked on my entire career, shooting a three-point shot, and it's not something I'm going to just start jacking up randomly. Uh, there are going to be opportunity threes. You know, he's giving me the green light to shoot it. If, if somebody backs up off me, I'm, I'm going to shoot it. So it's not a, something that's going to just come down and just pull up, pull up threes, or if I'm contested, I'm not going to shoot the pull-up three. If I'm wide open, if somebody's backed up off me, you know, I have the green light to shoot that shot. So the rebounding will not change. People were skeptical last offseason that you'd be able to improve the free throw shooting, but you did uh, basically in one offseason. Yeah. How close, I guess, could that potentially be to being able to add the three-point shot this offseason and implement it? I mean, every year every year is, is the same thing. I work on the same thing. Obviously, my free throws are going to continue to get better. I've made a great jump from the season before. Uh, it's only going to get better from here on out. The three-point shot is something I've added six years ago. <laughs> just never had a coach that allowed me to shoot it. So it's something I've worked on consistently for a long time. So I guess now is my time to really showcase it. How many, how many do you put up per day, like in a practice? Easily shoot over 300, 350 corner threes. The top of the key, shoot about 200. All on a rim, probably altogether at least a thousand of them a day. Usually, uh, right now I sh- I'm shooting forty percent for our our team workouts. And are they contested or? Yeah, contested, contested pull-ups, corner threes. So I'm shooting, shooting it pretty well. What's your relationship been like with Coach Casey so far? My relationship with Coach Casey's been great. It's been constant communication. 
he's just someone I can really relate to. He uh, has a similar story to mine too, just uh, growing up with a single family and things like that. So we've got a chance to really connect on a personal level as well too. And on the court, he's the same person. So there's no change. So it's just been really great for us to connect, not even just with me, just with everybody on the team as well too. And it all shows. As you can see, everybody's energy is pretty high. Everybody's pretty happy to be here. And we're looking forward to a great year. I remember at the end of last year, Stan said that you have a lot, very few guys in the league have the potential to really even rebounding and blocks. And we told you that and you were very enthused about that idea and thought that was something that you could do. As you kind of approach that summer, is that something that stayed in the front of you? Absolutely. That's something that was, you know, something that we talk about all the time. You know, there's no reason why I can't lead the league in block shots as well, too. I have the tools to do it. It's just focusing on it and getting it done. So that's something that I will pride myself on this season as being a top guy, at least top three or top five guy in block shots. Well, through 34 minutes in game one of the preseason, just one block for Andre Drummond. Lots of shots at the rim by Steven Adams. Uh, Drummond getting caught not being in great position on those. The timing of the block attempts was off for him, and we'll see how that develops as the season gets closer, as the preseason rolls on here. But I want to talk about the NBA GM survey that came out, the full articles on NBA.com. All of the 30 NBA GMs participated, although I I guess I don't know who the Pistons GM would be considered. Maybe they have the survey sitting on some empty desk somewhere, but maybe Ed Stefanski took over as the de facto GM these days, pretty much the spokesman from the front office right now as the special advisor to owner Tom Gores. I wanted to talk about the Pistons-specific responses. And by the way, first of all, shocker, the GMs think the Warriors are going to win the title. The Celtics are going to win the East. Uh, a guy named LeBron James is going to win MVP. Uh, Brad Stevens is the best coach, blah, blah, blah. The Pistons, by the way, were not ranked in the top four in the East by any GM in the entire league, and seven teams were listed by at least somebody to be in the top four in the Eastern Conference, including number seven, Miami. So I guess it seems to be the consensus the consensus and predictions that the Pistons are likely the eight seed, the last team in the playoff race. So the so maybe they're the best team that has no chance of being very good in the Eastern Conference. So maybe they can put that on a billboard. So we'll see. But the breakout player for this season, according to GMs, by the way, is Jamal Murray of Denver. So maybe get him on your fantasy team. No Pistons received a, a vote in that. Uh, for the best center in the NBA question, Andre Drummond did receive uh, one vote listed as other receiving votes outside of the top three, which was Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, and Carl Anthony Towns. Those guys were the top three getting more than one vote. So the other guys, in addition to Drummond that got one vote, um, were Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's not a center. I don't know where that came from. DeMarcus Cousins, pa- or, um, Marcus All, not Pau Gasol, Marcus All, and Al Horford and Nikola Jokic as well. So one GM out there thinks that Andre Drummond is the best center in the NBA. And that vote may have came from Detroit, so we don't know there. Zero votes for the most underrated player acquisition. Uh, zero votes on the biggest steal in the draft for where they were selected. And I'm only bringing up the ones where I thought that they might have gotten a good shot at getting a vote or two. There are many other categories where the Pistons didn't get any votes, all sorts of categories out there, best point guard, best shooting guard. You know, it goes it goes on and on. The Pistons also got zero votes for best head coach, but Dwayne Casey did get one vote for best manager slash motivator of people out of head coaches, a category that was won by Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs. Tim Grugrich, the veteran assistant coach, got one vote for best assistant coach in the NBA for the Pistons. Um, I don't think he's on the bench 
And I know that Tim is an older guy, uh, worked with Dwayne Casey in a past NBA life for him, I believe, in Seattle. But I think Grugerich is more of a practice-slash-developmental coach. I saw a video of him that one of the beat writers tweeted, I believe maybe Rod uh, Beard of the Detroit News, tweeted of him working with John Lure at practice the other day. Um, by the way, fastest with the ball, another category, one vote for Ish Smith at the bottom of that list, and zero votes for the toughest player in the NBA. So not exactly the bad boys here. So that was the NBA GM results and uh, not the kind of, you know, it's it's a team stuck in the middle, so there's no rising stars, no great draft picks, and there aren't necessarily guys. Blake Griffin wasn't mentioned by any category in this survey, so for a guy who, you know, Pistons fans would like to think is a superstar, you'd think that he'd find a way on one of these lists in some kind of way. So a little bit of a disrespect there for Pistons. Most of it well-deserved, but another one that maybe they'll, uh, think about and hang on the uh, the old locker room stalls as as things to motivate them early on this season. But like I've said, we're, we are also looking for your bold call of the season, whether it be a positive one or a negative one. I've got four from the listeners, two tweets and two voicemails on the voicemail line. I need a few more. I think I'll bust those out for you guys on Monday's show, so get those in um, sometime this weekend before Sunday night when I'll tape the next show. So what do you guys think? What's your bold call of the season for the Pistons? You can call or leave a, and leave a voice message, or you can text the number to the new Google Voice line here for the Lockdown Pistons podcast, and we'll use your bold calls for the season. 810-666-1546 is that phone number again. 810-666-VJ-JODY-3MILLS, 810-666-1546. And the Lockdown NBA podcast that never went away, and it is still here for you every day. We got our season previews. Coming up starting this week, or sorry, next week, sorry. And Lockdown NBA is your daily national NBA podcast. Every Monday, get the local experts on the biggest stories, and then stay with Lockdown NBA all week long with daily 30-minute podcasts on everything going on in the NBA. Follow for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on NBA. Up next, the coaching move from Dwayne Casey on Wednesday night that I did not like at all. So we'll talk about that next here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. Everything you need to know for Aaron Rodgers' visit to Ford Field on Sunday is on the Lockdown Lions podcast with Matt Derry from Detroit Radio. He's got the daily look at the Leos with the Lockdown Lions podcast. Check it out on the network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Now I want to talk about what I did not like from Dwayne Casey on Wednesday night in his sideline coaching debut with the Detroit Pistons. Meanwhile, with the Thunder, Billy Donovan, he was cutting down on the minutes for the regular players, which is what you should do in the preseason. The only guy for the Thunder who got excessive minutes was 34 for Terrence Ferguson, the 20-year-old kid from out of prep school last year who's going into his second year. The reason that he played so much is he needs the experience and the Thunder need if they need to see if they've got something there for this season. He played 12 minutes a game last year as a 19-year-old, and Donovan is trying to see what he's got there. Everyone else on the roster that played Wednesday night for the Thunder, 27 minutes or less. Dwayne Casey, on the other hand, Stanley Johnson played 37 minutes in this game. Andre Drummond played 34 minutes. Reggie Bullock Played 28 minutes. All three of those guys, more than anyone on the Thunder. These guys are starters. Their roster spots are certainly already etched in stone. These are guys are going to certainly be rotation players and probably, like I said, probably all three of them starters um, right now. There's no way that they should be playing anywhere approaching 30 minutes 
in a preseason game. No way, no how, absolutely no way. I mean, and not only just the fatigue of what this long grind of a season is going to end up being, but what if there's a freak injury there? you got to limit your exposure to those top players in these uh, preseason situations. Where are the scrubs? DNPs for Chris McCullough, Johnny Hamilton, Keenan Evans, Kyrie Thomas, Reggie Hearn. The Pistons played 12 guys. Only Zach Lofton, who just played five minutes, and you know Zach Lofton is my boy, he got run out of the end of the bench, guys, but that was the only one that did. And by the way, I think Zach Lofton's going to be looking at Reggie Hearn all season in Grand Rapids, asking himself why Reggie is the second of that two-way deals in addition to Keenan Evans and not Lofton. Lofton is probably just going to be an affiliate player for the Grand Rapids drive. Hopefully he stays in the organization for as long as possible and gets a chance maybe with the Pistons down the road. Vince Ellis of the Free Press tweeted that he's heard, by the way, that Lofton is getting buckets in training camp, so he wasn't surprised to see out there. Also saw Vince, after the game, answer a fan question about why Kyrie Thomas didn't play, and uh, Vince responded that, what do you you want Casey to do, play 19 guys? No, I I don't think we should have uh, Casey playing any more than 12, 13, 14 guys, but give these starters way, way less minutes than they got on Wednesday, especially in these preseason games, especially in preseason game number one. And we'll see. Maybe Andre, Stanley, and Bullock, those guys all get the night off on Friday in San Antonio. It'll be like a full hockey line change or something like that. And then you'll have like Blake and all the G League guys together. That doesn't really make a lot of sense either. I just don't see what the plan is. And we'll we'll see how it unfolds, but I just didn't like the taste in my mouth from that. Opening night of the preseason, Stanley Johnson, 37 minutes. A guy who, by the way, looks like he's in better shape than anyone else in the Pistons right now. Not a guy who you need to punish by giving all those minutes to shake the rust off. I just hope that that's something, um, you know, I think preseason you need to pull back the reins on some of the minutes, spread it out to the other horses. This is the chance for some of those Grand Rapids guy to get guys to get some NBA minutes, get the taste in their mouths. A little bit. No reason why the fourth quarter or the the second half of the fourth quarter at least can't be a chance for those guys to get their feet wet, especially when you had Ish Smith go to the bench with three fouls in the first half. You got Keenan Evans, who didn't play at all in summer league. This guy's still waiting for his chance to play against NBA competition and didn't do that in game one of the preseason at all. So I hope that's something that happens with the remaining four preseason games, which continue, by the way, on Friday night in San Antonio for an 8.30 p.m. tip. And we will talk about that a little bit on Monday's podcast as well. But that should do it for shows for this week. I'm thinking about maybe dropping a bonus podcast on Friday for you guys. Um, some stuff that I've got left over. but uh, So you can maybe look for that. But other than that, with the regular podcasts, we'll come back on Monday. And uh, next week we got more of the uh, Central Division previews. We talked to Cleveland already this week, but we've got previews coming up with Chicago, Indiana, Milwaukee as well to uh, get us ready for the season, which tips off October 17th against the Brooklyn Nets at Little Caesars Arena. But give us a follow and follow us all season on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that. Also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account. And give the Facebook page a like at Locked on Pistons dash Matt Shook. And that'll do it for the podcast. This has been your host, Matt Shook, of the Locked on Pistons podcast. Thanks, you guys, for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. 